Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 287. And today, we're going to be talking about something that I really, really believe in. And uh, it all has to do with mindset. And as far as surrounding yourself with like-minded people or expanding your thinking or creating a new normal. And uh, well, I've invited on a pretty cool guy that's going to actually walk us through some of this stuff, someone that I've had on the show before, someone that I've become really good friends with, and his name is Ryan Daniel Moran from Freedom Fast Lane, and I am going to be really having kind of like a therapy session in a sense, as you're going to see, um, going through this stuff, because as an entrepreneur, it really can be challenging, and sometimes you feel like you're, you're kind of in your head, or your head is kind of like you know, screaming these different voices at you, which ultimately makes you think differently or makes you doubt yourself or limits your beliefs. And I think it's really interesting to try to understand why this happens, but also how we can create little exercises or little state changes so this way here we can bust through those those mindset roadblocks, if you will. And it, it was really awesome to have Ryan on and really talk about this stuff because he does a lot of this himself. And it's things that he's talked about that he's struggled with in the past. And then he, you know, right now going out, going out and saying that he's going to own the Cleveland Indians, like stuff like that. Um, and, and the reason why he's doing it. So I really wanted to sit down with him, have this little, I'm doing air quotes, therapy session, if you will. And you can kind of hear that throughout this because there's a lot of things that I struggle with even now, but I've struggled with in the past. And I see the pattern on how I got through them and how my mind has changed and how it's expanded. And believe me, when you understand this stuff and when you start to consider what you are feeding your mind and your thoughts and all of that stuff, it can be really, really life-changing, whether it's in business or just in life and happiness and all of that stuff. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm really excited to share this with you. Uh, I did have Ryan on all the way back on episode 69. And if you want to go check that out, I'll leave that in the show notes as well. Um, and uh, again, the transcripts are there for you. You probably want to grab the show notes for this one and the transcripts because it's going to be it's going to be pretty intense. And you're going to see that. You're going to hear that. And there's some some really good exercises that he lays out for us to go through. Things that I'm going to be definitely paying attention to and uh, implementing in my own uh, inner mind exercises, whatever they're called, right? So definitely excited for you to hear this. If you guys want to download the show notes, the transcripts, all of that stuff, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 287. And I apologize if I sound excited, but I really truly am because this stuff really excites me. And you're going to hear Ryan feels the same way because I think this is huge in anything that we do in life. So enjoy this interview, this conversation, this therapy session that I recently had with Ryan Daniel Moran. Enjoy. Well, hey, Ryan, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast, man. It's been a little while. How you doing, man? I'm good, Scott. I'm a little surprised. I thought after the last debacle, you would definitely wouldn't want to have me back on the show. So <laughs> yeah, I'm pleasantly right. surprised to be back. <laughs> no, man, it's always a pleasure. And uh, you and I got to meet in Orlando, I think it was, right, in person and actually uh, shake hands and say hello in person. And that was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm really excited to have you back on and really talk about something other than just this Amazon business, uh, e-commerce business, more about what holds people back. And I think that is that, that thing in between our, our ears and that's our head, right? Our mind. So, uh, can you help us out with that? Well, I, I think, <laughs> you know, it's, it's an interesting topic because I really think that when you clear that bottleneck, everything else almost becomes automatic and easy. 
I, I've noticed that I can give the same content mm. to, to two different people. One will become a millionaire and one comes back a year later and says, I just didn't have all the pieces together. Yeah, and It yeah. can be the exact same content. The only thing that's different is the person. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can if we can solve that, I, I think we we change everything. So fundamentally, I think it's one of the most important conversations we can have. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I always uh, I think this is a big one. I, I get a lot of people that, you know, they get started and stuff and then they always just want to have all the pieces figured out before they actually get started. And I think that's that's a huge bottleneck. And I think that we can get out of our own way, if you will. Like, I mean, I think that's the big thing. And I mean, I struggle with it. I'm sure you have in the past. And there's still things in, in our lives that are going to come up that we have to kind of run through this this mindset shift or, or whatever. Um, but I, I think it's important for people to understand that, yes, we can learn all of the marketing, all of the business stuff, but we got to understand kind of like, why we might not be achieving what we want to achieve. And that's why I wanted to have you on. I always, I think you have a a lot of value to add in this space um, as far as, you know, the mindset stuff. It's stuff that I've listened to your podcast before and and have taken a lot of value from that myself. And I kind of, I then look at myself differently or I I ask myself different questions. And I think that's a big thing is asking yourself those questions. So um, let's, let's just kind of dive in. What do you, what do you want to start with? Like, how do you want to get people started here? Yeah, well, well, I guess I'll start with something really, really scary. I'll make a really scary okay. statement. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it could be good news or bad news, but that's simply I'd, I'd like to invite people to entertain the idea that you're wired for the results that you're getting right now. Like okay. whatever results you're getting, like that is that is your fault, good or bad, mm-hmm. um, especially when we live in this world of massive information abundance where we literally have this unbelievable opportunity to tune into Bill Gates and Warren Buffett at the click of a button and listen to their thoughts. Yeah. I mean, we, we never, we could never do that a hundred years ago. It's, it's, we have this information abundance that both entraps us and also gives us immense opportunity. And uh, that if we position ourselves well, that's really good news. But if we don't, then we kind of get trapped in this world of the same thing being talked about all the time. And we sort of get lost in our own little information hub because we're listening to the exact same people talk about the exact same things. And I think that's why we have conversations that frustrate people like you and I, Scott, where it seems like the the the, the level never goes up. It never moves. Mm-hmm. And that's when people start to feel like they're left behind. So I, I, I know this is going to be good news for some and bad news for others, but I'd like to invite you to consider that the results that you're getting right now are the result of you being wired in a certain way and you have nobody to blame or to thank but yourself, but we can change the wiring. We, we can change certain things in order to, to change that. And I, I put together a little bit of kind of a, a mental formula that I think represents it well. Is it okay if I go into that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And you kind of set it up well. Um, you know, and I do want to ask you though, a quick question, like, so like, I mean, yourself, and I find myself, I, I take a lot of walks throughout the day. I try to clear my head. I try to, um, I try to, I guess, download the good information that I want to take. But sometimes I also find it that then sometimes I become more confused. So my question to you is like, what does Ryan listen to or put into his head um, on a daily or maybe a weekly basis? Just before we dive into what you're going to say, because that's just my question I have for myself. I want to know, like, what does Ryan listen to? What does Ryan put into his head? You know, it's funny you should ask, and I'm sorry to skip to the end, but uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I put on events because yeah, yeah. I try to get the people that I'm most interested in learning from into one room Okay. for, for my own selfish reason. Yep, yep. Uh, a, a year ago, you know, there's, there's, I, I have, 
probably three core mentors that I've been working with uh, uh, for for more than five years. People that have become friends, um, almost like brothers, but started as mentors. And it was originally them until we, you know, I grew and we we're sort of on the same level now. But for many years, it was just spending as much time with them as possible. Gotcha. I do enjoy listening to people who have built businesses that are a hundred million dollars and more because I've never done that before. Right. So I want to know what is it, what does it look like? So last year when I was on stage with Gary Vaynerchuk, he said he, you know, he gave me the one, the one thing that I needed in order to shift me into the next year's mindset, which was if you want to go from one to a hundred million or 10 to a hundred or whatever it is, it's all about people. Mm. And I took that piece of information. I took it to Cameron Harold, who has run $300 million companies. And I said, Gary told me this. Do you agree? And he said, yes, absolutely. And it was like, okay, people who build $100 million companies believe that the next logical thing for you to, 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 to focus on is the people that you surround yourself with, the employees that you hire. So that's kind of where I am now is I'm learning how to manage teams and hire well and and fire well and do those things that are uncomfortable for me now. So I'm always looking at people who are 10 years ahead of me and saying, what are they all saying? And then I try and decide for myself, okay, what does that mean for my next logical step? For some people, it might be Scott runs a million dollar business. So I'm going to listen to him and everything that he does. And then I'm going to look at people who run 10 and a hundred million dollar businesses yeah. once I'm there. Yep, yep. But I, I, I think it's just surrounding yourself with people who are, who are a few years ahead of you and finding out what their best strategies are. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's good advice. And, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think listening to the people that are further ahead and I think that's what, I mean, people should understand too, is, you know, just cause you look at someone now that's ahead of you doesn't mean that you won't become them or go past them and then need someone else that's further along. I think that's normal. I think that's growth. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I think that's just part of the process. But anyway, I didn't want to go off on a little bit of a tangent there, but I did want to know that. And the, that did help. And I think that we all can agree if you if you want to move somewhere, then go and model like, you know, I mean, Tony Robbins has always said this model success, right? So definitely, uh, definitely good advice. All right, let's go ahead. Let's let's jump into some formulas here so we yeah, can cool. uh, mindset shift here. So this is this is just a, a, a mental construct, um, but this is what I think ultimately drives our behavior and our results. And it looks something like this. It is beliefs times strategy and execution times time equals results. I'll say that again. It's beliefs times strategy and execution times time equals results. Okay. So what, what this, what this demonstrates is if, if we put it in mathematical terms, then one of these can be really, really strong and it drives everything else, right? Because if one times one, if one of those numbers change, the whole formula goes up. Sure. So for example, if we look at time, investing in Coke in 1900 was a really good decision because mm -hmm. it's grown by like 6% a year and $1 is now like a hundred billion dollars, whatever. <laughs> right. I'm exaggerating. Right, right. But uh, the problem there is most of us don't have a hundred years to wait for that to mature. So given the given an okay strategy plus a whole heck of a lot of time, we get unbelievable results. Or if we have the world's best strategy or the world's best ability to execute, we can grow this formula. But I also also think that beliefs are a part of this. And I'm not a law of attraction kind of guy. Um, I I kind of resist that that thinking process. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that the the projections about what you think are normal, about what you think are acceptable will drive the actions. They'll drive the strategy and execution 
that you tie or that you that you take or even the time you're willing to commit to something. For example, um, if we look at the strategy that you and I both followed of, of taking physical products and selling them on Amazon, that was a superior strategy than a lot of other people who were uh, who were building businesses. So as a result, our results were more inflated than somebody who had the exact same beliefs or the same amount of time, but they had an inferior strategy. Mm. So if we plug in what we're doing into each one of these pieces, we get an idea of what our results look like and we can grow them or shrink them depending on you know, where, where we're really strong. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. Keep going. Yeah. So, so I, I try to invite people who, who come to our workshops or come through our trainings to, to look at the results that they're doing. And one of the ways that we kind of evaluate this, we, we try and stretch them is something that I call the 10 X exercise. And I basically have people roll out a, a sheet of paper and I simply say, okay, where are you now financially? Where do you want to be? And that's pretty easy to say, okay, I'm making uh, $5,000 a month or $25,000 a month or whatever it is. And that's pretty easy. Where do I want to be? Well, I want to be at like, uh, I want to be at a hundred thousand dollars a month. I want to have a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I ask them a follow-up question where I say, okay, what is 10 times where you want to be? And there's inevitably like this, uh, this like tension that mm-hmm. rises in the yeah, room yeah. because now I'm writing a million dollars a month. And I said, okay, you don't have to do anything. Just write down the number and they write it down. And then we have a conversation and we say, you know, what's going on? And people say, well, I, I want to change my number because I think it's going to be too hard. Um, I think <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be too much time. I think it's going to be this. And we just have this interesting conversation that comes up and I follow up and I say, Hmm, guys, this is really fascinating. Cause all I asked you was what is 10 times the number that you previously wrote down? And we had this conversation about the fact that just writing the number, just visualizing this number was really difficult. It it caused some sort of, this isn't normal. It caused like red flags to kick in, like something is wrong. This is going to be painful. So we follow up with this other question of, okay, what would have to happen? What would need to be different? How would you have to think in order for that number to be totally normal to you? Because somebody's done it, right? Sure, I mean, somebody sure. somebody has done the exact same thing that you want to do times 10. Yep. So how do they think? And it just creates a bit of an exercise of a way to stretch that normal, a way to for us to look at how are we looking at the results we're getting right now and how might we look at it differently so that we could start adopting some new behaviors in order to drive different results. And it's a very tactical way, just based on the emotion that you have in in reaction to thinking about 10xing whatever it is that you want, even if you don't have to take any action on that. No, I I agree. And I'm going to inject here a little bit because, or interject, because I want to, um, I want to say like on my own, in my own mind, and, and I've had these conversations with myself and I think that's what we do, right? We have these voices and, you know, even myself personally, like right now, like to think of 10xing where I want to be, immediately I felt those emotions. Like I felt those things that you're talking about and and I felt them before and, and and it, and it does. It always almost makes me, sim- I guess, go go make make things smaller. So this way here, I don't have to get there. 
I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, so for example, if I said to myself, like, I want to do, you know, or I want to have this, this, uh, you know, multi-million dollar company, the, immediately I think of all of the people that are going to have to help do that. So that means I have to manage people and I don't want to mm. manage people. Right. So instantly I think of that as my fear because I don't want to deal with that, even though I know I could hire people to manage the stuff for me. But it's then getting to that level. You know what I mean? So I'm 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 going through that in my own head, like right now, like to get to that point. And you know it. I mean, you've grown uh, recently to where now you are hiring teams and you're having like you said, you have mm-hmm. to fire people. Not not fun, um, but it's part of the process. And you're willing to go through that because you want to get to where you want to get. But someone that might say to themselves, like, again, saying for myself, for example, like, I don't necessarily need that. Um, I want to do things in in my life that, you know, I, again, lifestyle for me is everything. And it's not having the stress of managing a big, huge corporation. So how does someone balance that within their head? Like, I want to be able to, to for me personally, I want to do more so I can give more. I want to be able to have maybe maybe a uh, nonprofit of some of some kind with my wife and and contribute to that like so many times a year and, and be a part of something bigger not just for the, the the gain of money, but how do you, like, how do you get through that? I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure if there's an answer to that, but like, how does yeah. someone bust through that? Yeah. Well, I mean, let's just, I mean, not everybody wants to grow financially, or at least we don't think we all want to grow financially. Right. I think at some level we all do want sure. to grow in every area of our life. I think that's just human nature, but let's look at it in terms of free time. Sure. If, if you, if you said, I want to take uh, I want to take a, a 10 week vacation. Mm. Well, just for fun, what if we said, Scott, what would it take in order for you to be able to enjoy a hundred day vacation if you wanted to? Mm. Mm, well, that's interesting. I guess I would have to have rock solid systems and processes in place that operated without me. I guess I'd have to have other people or, or have content being contributed without my involvement or I'd have to have it done way in advance. Yep, yep. Um, I'd have to have certain sales processes that were dialed in. Well, what this can point to is the things that we might want to focus on next if we're committed to growing in a certain area. Mm. Uh, we, we could even look at it in terms of, of fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we want to lose a certain amount of weight, what if it was a lot more than that? How would we have to think differently? So one of the, one of the, the beauties here is we don't have to do anything. This is just a mental exercise sure. yeah. to kind of point at where we might want to focus, Mm -hmm. where we might need to be thinking a little bit more aggressively or how we can think outside of the box that we're kind of trapped in. If you've, if you've hit a plateau, this is an exercise to go beyond that plateau and to be able to do the things that you want to be able to do faster by implementing the strategies that are going to get you there. Mm, That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And again, it's, I think everyone listening, um, has gone through this or will go through this. So I think it's important, um, to really, again, you might even want to come back and re-listen to this, uh, this episode because, uh, I think it's important. I mean, there's, this to me is a huge, a huge part of people not moving forward. Number one, they're afraid of of what it's going to take, but also like, what if my life does change? What will that be like? Will I really like it at the top? You know what I mean? Like, or, or where I think I'm going to go. Um, so yeah, keep keep going. I love it. Yeah. So I I, I think that like like you said, you hit this resistance point because you perceive something is going to be painful when you get there. Sure. So you have this have this belief that something is going to hurt or something is going to be painful or uncomfortable, so you won't want to grow through that. And all of our beliefs, all the things, all the things that we think are, are, 
are normal or that are, are worth pursuing, I think I've been able to isolate into being association and input, meaning all the beliefs we have, like is $10,000 a month a lot of money or is $100,000 a month a lot of money, all of those beliefs are the result of our associations and our input. And that is really coming, that comes down to who we hang out with and what we put into our brain. Mm -hmm. Association is who we spend time with because if you hang out with people who are super fit and have six pack abs, you're probably not going to order cheese fries the next time you're all out at dinner. <laughs> That's true. Whereas if you hang out with people who are hundred pounds overweight, you're, you're probably going to get the cheese fries. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the, in, the input is the, the things that you put in your brain. It's listening to Scott talk about his businesses. It's listening to people who are 10 years ahead of you talk about how they grew their businesses. It's listening to the the, the happy couple that's been married for 25 years mm. and how they, they relate to one another in their marriage. Because those are the things who we hang out with and what we listen to that we normalize. Your brain's a normalizing machine. Your brain takes in all of this stuff all of the time and it tries to make sense out of it by normalizing it all. So if you hang out with people who have been married. If you go to church and see people who have been married for 25, 30 years all over, your brain says, this is what's normal because it wants to fit in. Right. So it starts to go, that's what's normal. So that's what I'm going to create for myself. If you listen to podcasts or if you watch YouTube videos about the, with those same types of people, your brain wants to fit in. So it starts to, to make that normal. We're in the same way. If you have uh, if you if you listen to people who are billionaires enough, your brain says that's normal. It's not a big deal. So therefore, it becomes much, much more natural to do those strategies and habits, whether it's in fitness or marriage or money or whatever area of life. We're in the same way. If if you if you never escape being around people who have a very poverty based mindset. It's it's really difficult for you to ever see that as normal. So you're probably not going to be you're never going to get past that point. That's normal for your surroundings. So it's my opinion that we can change those by changing who we hang out with and what our inputs are by listening to different podcasts, listening to different audiobooks, changing who we hang out with, and that adjusts our beliefs, which adjusts that entire formula of the results that we get. Does that make sense, Scott? It, it makes total sense. The only thing I'm I, getting all excited. No, on I know. I, I love it. I am too. This is. I love talking about this stuff. And I. I mean, I'm just. I'm big into that myself. I just. Just about just being able to have more clarity in your own mind is just helpful because sometimes that just can be those voices again that they interrupt your day and they they do. I think they stunt your growth. Um, but I, what I would like to say is like someone that is because you're 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 saying like, OK, so for you to think that you can get to one hundred million dollars, but someone thinking like, OK, I'm going to listen to this guy that's at one hundred million dollars, but he's already been through the getting to ten thousand to twenty five thousand to one hundred thousand. Then he wants to. So he's went through these stages, sometimes going so far for me anyway, it's like so far away from where I even think I can be or even want to be. Um, that may, that may just be where I, I don't even go there because I, I just think it's so much of a gap. Yeah. So would you say that you want to do that in smaller steps? Like if you're at like 10,000 now and someone's making 50, then you want to go there. Or if someone right now is, you know, maybe, you know, they have all the time in the world. They only have to work a week a year. Right. But they didn't always, it didn't just happen overnight. Like there was stages to get there. So like, I guess, how would you address that? Like, 
how would you kind of start that process rather than saying like, man, I can't go listen to, you know, Bill Gates right now and his model, his thing, his thing is so like far away from where I, I could ever imagine being. Yeah. I look at it more in terms of habits. I okay. look at it. I look at strategies and habits, uh, rather than I look at it in stages. I think stages, Hey, I've, I've, I teach the three stages to a million dollar business, right? So I think that can be a very helpful construct for us to, to craft a plan. But in terms of modeling people who are really successful, I, I look more at habits. Mm. There's a great book by Jeff Olson called The Slight Edge. I don't know if you've read yes, that. Scott, yes, yes, yes. Great book. Yep. Yeah. It basically argues in, in 30 seconds or so, it, it argues that your results are the are the are, are from compounding habits rather than they are from big leaps mm. in progress. Mm-hmm. So it those those big overnight success stories are rare. And even when you see them, they're usually the result of 10 years of good habits rather than Justin Bieber being discovered on YouTube. Right. Those, those big jumps rarely happen, whereas the constant the constant habit is what usually builds that that result. And I think that result is going to take you from 10 to or that habit is going to take you from 10 to 50. It's also going to take you from 10 to 100 or, or mm-hmm. 1000 just based on on how long that time factor in the, uh, in the formula, how long are you working that strategy or that habit? So I think what takes you to 50, sometimes that practicing that habit will also take you to a hundred or maybe to put it differently, you could go from 10 to 50 following one strategy, but that strategy is not going to take you to a hundred. Mm. But if you follow the strategy, that's going to take you to a hundred, it will take you through the 50. So I, I like to look at the habits of people 10 years ahead of me because I know that's going to take me from 1 to 10 and then 10 to 100. And now we're just talking in models and throwing numbers out there. But I, th- I think no. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think to me also it's kind of like those – I guess those markers, right, that that are going to allow you uh, to, I guess, grow and and at that at that pace, uh, you know. But I also I also think that you know we can develop these habits, and sometimes that's the frustrating part because you're developing these habits and you know you're doing the right thing, but you're not seeing the result that you want to see as quick as you want to see it, and then mm. that's where you kind of stop and you're like, this doesn't work, and then you just give up and you go over to the next shiny object, right? I mean, that's a well, that's a big one. You know, I, I, I was talking with Robert Hershevik last year, the guy from Shark Tank. Yeah. He's, he's a nice one. Uh, and <laughs> and he, he said something really interesting about the day that he hit $50 million in his business. And uh, in my mind, I'm like, $50 million in a year in business would be pretty awesome. And he's like, no, I, I got super depressed. And I was like, um, <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> tell me more. Yeah. And he's, he's like, yeah, I mean, I got to 50 million and I realized that like it was just a goal, that it didn't change anything about who I was. I didn't feel any different. Mm. And so I realized, what do I do now? Do I just set another goal? Do I just set it to, to 200 million? Because I realized that I could have worked just as hard and done 500 million rather than 50 million, it was just the habits that I was practicing that got me to this point and it didn't change anything about who I was. So sometimes, you know, we could be making progress. We just don't feel it because we don't feel any different. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't, we don't feel happier as a result of moving forward. It's just kind of an illusory, um, a movement that's happening. But if we realize that this, the strategy will that will take us to a hundred will also take us to 10. I think that's a good thing for us to practice as long as our 
emotions and happiness aren't tied to that. And I think most entrepreneurs miss that. They think that once they yeah. get to the certain level, they're going to be different or feel different. And that's, that's not the case. And we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, that's, that's, I, I, I think also another thing that, I mean, I've thought about, I know you've talked about this and it's a big one. And I think you've even said you've had those, those thoughts. It's like, you also get to that certain area that you say like, okay, once I get there, I'm going to be able to kind of take a deep breath and it's mm-hmm. going to be cool. And then all of a sudden you start worrying about it going away. Like, I think that's another big fear of people <laughs> that it's like now all of a sudden I got to keep working harder to kind of even beat that because if I beat it, then that means that if, if that goes away, then I'll have this. And it's just the, you just keep kind of following in that hamster wheel of just kind of going around and around and around. Um, and I know that's probably a whole nother discussion, but maybe you can just address that quickly because I know people have that thought. It's, it's, it's a common thought for people that are trying to get somewhere. They get there and then they're like, OK, that's cool. But now I'm afraid it's going to go away. So I got to keep working hard. I, I said I was going to take a break, but I'm not going to take a break yet. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have a solution to that, please come call me. Um, <laughs> so you don't have it, the answer. Come on, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one of, one of those things, there's there's a certain element of you know, we are we are simply wired to grow. Our brains are wired to yeah. grow, not to make us happy. Yep. And and I have found that w- as entrepreneurs, we're really, really good at the growth piece. And we can cultivate that and we spend a lot of time investing to grow and, and make this fertile ground for, for growth. But we do it at the expense of nurturing our happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that we can also nurture that ground. We can also we can plant seeds in, in, the, in the happiness camp. And that, you know, have you ever heard the marshmallow, uh, the, the marshmallow hypothesis? I think it's called Scott. I don't they, know. They, where they tested, they tested kids and they, they were looking for predictors of success. Okay. And they gave kids a marshmallow, one marshmallow. And they said, if you bring this back in an hour, we'll give you two marshmallows. Okay. And most of the kids went and they ate the marshmallow. Right. You know, it's this sugary thing in their hand. Who's going who's gonna <laughs> to right. wait? But the kids who came back and said, I'll have my second marshmallow now, that was the best predictor of success that they could find because they practiced delayed gratification. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes they, sense. You know, they have delayed gratification. They got the second marshmallow. They're, obvi- they're also going to be more likely to plant seeds for the future. And that's been the best indicator that we have of of natural predictors of of success. Mm. But what most of us do if we're really successful is we're so good at developing marshmallows is we get this stockpile of marshmallows and we're afraid to eat them. That's uh, that's a good point. We're we're afraid. We're like, I got to get more marshmallows because someday I'm going to (laughs) want to eat these and I'm going to run out of marshmallows if I start eating them. Yep. Um, And I think what we can do is we can plant the seeds of learning how to enjoy things. And we have to almost relearn that just like we learn how to grow. It's a, it's a, a, a muscle that gets built. In fact, let's just talk about happiness for a second. Sure. Because, because there was actually a study done where they tried to find the, the formula, if you will, of happiness, of what determines if we feel, uh, if, if we feel good. And what was isolated was that happiness was simply the difference between our expectations and our reality. So we could actually hack happiness by changing our expectations. 
Mm-hmm. One of them being when I get to a certain point, I will feel really safe and secure. Yeah. Now I'm here. I feel exactly the same. So now I'm not happy because my the difference between my reality and my expectation was great. Whereas if you expect to make $10,000, you make $100,000, you're thrilled. You've got $90,000 worth of happiness. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because your your reality has surpassed your expectation. So so, so that's what they found be the biggest, uh, the biggest predictor of, of happiness. And what I think we could do actively in order to cultivate that is just practice active appreciation. Mm. Um, it, it, we, what you put your attention on, what you put your focus on is your reality, right? It, it's our attention is the only filter that we have yeah. to be able to to, to filter out what we want and what we don't want. So if we put our focus on what we appreciate and what we're thankful for, that is our reality, at least temporarily. And we can, what you appreciate, appreciates. You see it more, you value it more. So I had kind of an aha moment for me a couple months ago when a dear friend of mine uh, lost her little brother in an accident. Oh and boy. I had only met the brother a few times, but I was just thinking about her how she, it was probably a normal day for her and then something that she took for granted was com- was taken away from her. Totally. And how in that moment she realized, you know, I she probably would give anything up to have her baby brother back. Hmm. And I started to think about all the things in my life that if they were taken away from me, I would give anything to have them back. Yep. You know, I, I have uh, I have a very unruly 18-month-old daughter. Uh, <laughs> she, she is uh, very needy and uh, very, uh, very emotional. Very cute, by the way, too. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and the times when I just want her to stop screaming. Yep. yep. If she was taken away from me, all I would want would be a screaming baby. You're not kidding. Yeah. And, and, and the times when I am just grinding in business and I feel exhausted, if, if uh, I was working for somebody else, I would probably give up everything to try and have my own thing, no matter how much hard work it took. Yeah. I don't think about my brother or my best friend on a daily basis all the time, but if they were taken away from me, that all I would want would have my my big bro back. Yeah. And the things that we put our attention on are our reality. And I think that active appreciation for the things that are in our life are, are the way that we could actively build that happiness part of our lives while also putting in the work and putting in the time to grow whatever it is that we want to grow. And I think that is the, the one, two punch to be both successful and growth minded as well as happy at the same time. And, and how would someone, I guess, make that part of their day? Is it journaling? Is it, uh, you know, just mentally, uh, you know, telling yourself that I know Gary Vaynerchuk had says, had said that before that whenever he feels like, He's kind of losing like uh, or he's getting busy and he's kind of losing like that that mindset of like what's important. He he automatically thinks about it like his mother, like, you know, like mm. what if his mother was taken away? Like, you know, would this would any of this matter? And it's kind of like what you just said, yeah. um, you know, so and I think sometimes we have to do that. You have to say, like, wait a minute here. Whoa, I've done that with my my kids. I mean, I've got three kids, you know, all different ages. My my uh, eight year old really keeps it real for me because she's the youngest. But I look at her and I'm like, I see I've got a 21 year old, too. And my 21 year old, I see how fast that went. 
So when I now look at my eight-year-old, I look at her differently because I see how fast that time went. And I don't want to look now and go, wow, my 21-year-old, like, I don't really have that. Like, when was the last time I was able to do, uh, when was the last time I read her, my 21-year-old, the book? I don't even remember, but there was a night that that was mm. the last time. And if I would have knew that was the last time, I would have, I would have appreciated it more. And, yeah. I, and I think that goes with anything. And, and it's like, so how do you, how, how do you do that? And how would you recommend someone doing that? My, my mentor gave me a, gave me the secret on this, Scott. <laughs> Could you give it to us? It's only $39.99. You can get the secret. To All right. Long cool. So my, my mentor's name is Travis. And Travis said this brilliant thing uh, to me once. And he said, every time I'm feeling bad about myself or I'm feeling particularly down, I just simply ask myself one question. Who am I comparing myself to? Mm. You see, I, I have... I theorized that all our brains really know how to do is compare mm -hmm. and we're normalizing all the time. We talked about that, right? Like what's good, what's bad. Well, that's all depending on what you compare it to. Sure. Am I happy or am I sad? Well, it depends on what I'm comparing my expectation to. So it's this comparison game that we're constantly playing and, and that's partly how we, we, we change our normal. It's also how our normal gets distorted because we're always, comparing things in, in our brain. Well, we can play that game actively. You know, when we're feeling bad about ourselves, it's because we are comparing our reality to some expectation of what somebody else has or what we thought it would feel like. Hmm. But we can also go backwards. We can say, this is our reality. And now I'm comparing to what could have been or what somebody else is going through. And now we can play the game in our favor because if we change what we compare it to, we can change that happiness equation. That's true. Yeah. Because, because if, if we say, uh, if, if we, if we compare ourselves to, to, to somebody who never had the opportunity that we had or never met that person in the first place, if, if you're going through a breakup yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're comparing yourself, you know, I, never had those two years or you are comparing yourself to somebody who has no legs mm. or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can change this game however you want, but it is simply the reason you ever feel bad is because you are comparing it to something, mm. but you can consciously change that comparison in order to, to change how you feel about it because that happiness equation gets shifted based on, what you're comparing it to. Yeah. So I, that, that, I, that's the thing I practice. And, and, and to your other question, as far as practicing active appreciation, I, I try to just write three things every morning and never repeat. So I eventually I'm, you know, I'm thankful that I have eyelids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm grateful that uh, the sun came. Yeah, I see the sun every morning and how beautiful it is. So these are the things that I'm, I, I, I do to practice that. Yeah, no, that that's good. I, I find though too, sometimes I, I play that game with myself too. Like sometimes if you're having like that bad day or something happened that's you think is like really like bad and then you'll play that game. Well, you know, I could have gotten the call that, you know, my wife had cancer or I could have gotten this. Right. And, and it does put it into check, but sometimes you're just so darn pissed that it just doesn't help that day. And I think that's normal. It's going to happen. But you, you try to get pull yourself out of that thought process because it can be, to me, it can be very, very 
um, damaging. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, I think you have to come up with your own ways of getting yourself into another state. I know Tony Robbins says that all the time, like pulling yourself into a different state is so important. Um, you know, we've always said that, you know, you know, go to bed and get, you know, get up on the right side of the bed or, you know, wake up again. I'm going to start over, hit reboot. Um, I think it's the same thing, but we have to come up with the, with our, I guess, our mechanisms and everyone's going to be a little bit different. But I think that's a great strategy, and I think also um, waking up or going to bed and talking about like either what you're grateful for or then also what you're grateful for that actually happened that day. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, let's uh, let's keep well, rolling well, I, here. This is good. Uh, to, to, yeah, I mean, to your, to your point, yeah. I think there's also, d- depending on how difficult it is to get out of that funk, yeah. that is also, there's just a reflection of how deep the wiring is for what our expectation or what our normal was. Mm. I mean, for, for example, um, fact, Facebook causes depression. Like we, <laughs> we know that yes, we, we can do. study that. And the reason is because there is a constant flurry of people showing how amazing their life is and how great they look after they've had photoshopped abs. Yep. Like, and, and we're comparing ourselves to that. It's deeply ingrained in us. Yeah. Uh, another example would be like beauty magazines. Beauty magazines distort body image. Fact, we know this, we can study this, we can look at the impact it has on girls' psyche. Like we can track this. It has been documented. And when we have that flurry of just constant barrage of what is beautiful, what is normal, that starts to get distorted. And depending on how on how much we pay attention to them, how much that enters our reality that will determine how strong that connection is between what we perceive as as really normal. So if we're watching the news, which is constantly only telling you what plane crashed rather than what plane landed, I mean, can you imagine what the news, like how unafraid of flying we would be if every time a plane landed, they would be like, we interrupt this program to tell you that the flight from Atlanta (laughs) to San Diego has landed safely. Right. If, if, If every flight that landed safely was reported, nobody would be afraid to fly. Oh yeah. Right. But when we're sitting on our couch and we've got a beauty magazine and then a men's health, both with, you know, perfect bodies that are photoshopped. And then, uh, the news comes on and tells you uh, what so-and-so said that was uh, racist and offensive. Um, and, and then you, 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 it's be normal for you to think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket and that you're miserable because you don't look like these people on the table. Yep. Of course you're going to feel bad because we are pounding our brain mm. with what is normal. True. And the, the only thing we have to shield against that is what we put our attention on. So the, the, I mean, the idea of what's normal is a, is a BS concept in the first place. It's just made up in our brains. Mm. So we might as well just put our attention on what we want to cultivate, whether, you know, if, if, if we want to put our attention on really good marriages or really valuable businesses or making an impact, we can tune into that. We just have to actively cultivate that by making it normal, by putting our attention on that. Um, that was a bit of a rant. I hope no, that I like sense. it. Um, we're, we're known to rant around here. That's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, and I agree 100%. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to, I mean, news, usually news is bad news, right? I mean, that's what gets people's attention. Yeah. 
And um, that that's what it is. But unfortunately, we are tuning into that. I've even told my wife that sometimes like she'll be having like a bad day or something. I'm like, well, what you want to do today is do not log into Facebook. Do not go through your newsfeed because it's going to be someone that's posting something about something that happened to someone. Not that you don't want to know that stuff about maybe people that you know, but there's a lot of people on there you don't even know that you're you're seeing. And, and it's going right. to just get you thinking, oh, my gosh, is is that going to happen to me? Is that going to happen to my kids? And it's just there's not a positive thing to that. So it's like we're always being fed now with social media. It's just insane. But. Totally agree. Love the rant, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so I, uh, I used I used to tell this example um, a couple of years ago before it was kind of baked into the news a lot. Um, but if we just look at the Trump dynasty, yep. Like if, if we if we go there, and and I used to tell this this story before it was a, a big political move before you know he was running for president. But if we look at the Trump dynasty of the I think it was Trump's grandfather came here like penniless and broke. And he, he basically had like a rags to riches story. And then he raised his son to take over the business. And then he grew that. And then he had the, the next son, which was Donald Trump. And he became a billionaire. And we look at that dynasty. And one of the people I'm most fascinated by is Ivanka Trump mm-hmm. um, because she grew up in three generations of just massive abundance of no limits of Mm -hmm. just like actively practicing what you just talked about of blocking out a lot of noise and focusing on something very specific for it was growing businesses and standing for the causes that she believes in. Um, I I think you could make the argument that that dynasty, uh, regardless of what you believe about them, that the reason why they have had so much prominence is because they actively practice what you just beautifully described, which was tuning out a lot of noise because there's always been negativity around of course. that family um, for four generations. Yeah. It hasn't just been the president-elect. It's been four generations of a lot of uh, controversy mm-hmm. and blocking that out and going after whatever it is that that they want. Um, I wasn't a supporter of their political campaign, but I am a I'm I'm fascinated by that idea yeah. of of people who are able to just block out the things that are that they don't want to be in their reality and focus on the things that they do. And we get lost in that so easily as Internet entrepreneurs, because we're being barraged by the Facebooks, the news, yep. the the things that uh somebody else is doing that's better than us because what's the first conversation that we have when we go to a, like a small workshop, it's usually like how much money are you making? How much, how much are you crushing it? Mm-hmm. And we compare that to ourselves. Well, I, you know, I got to measure up. I got to change something. I yeah. guess I'm not doing so good. Um, or if you're in a room where everybody's doing less than you, you don't want to be in that room. <laughs> so right. we kind of, we stack, we stack the cards against ourselves mm-hmm. by creating these unfair comparisons constantly and it, once again, is great for growth, not so great for happiness. So there's an active piece of that that if we practice, we can get both. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we just have to, we have to learn, like you said, how to retrain, you know, kind of like that muscle in a sense to where we, we do believe what we want to believe. And, and I mean, and really believe it. Like you're not like woo wooing stuff, right? It's like, we, we yeah. honestly are, are, but it's hard sometimes because we are being fed with all of these outside channels of negativity. And I, I think that's huge. And I, I mean, the compound effect book, that's another great one. Um, and he talks a lot about, uh, you know, 
your people, you know, the information that you're putting into your brain is like, you know, dumping in the, you know, in a clean glass of water, you're pouring in dirt into the water. And, and I, I yeah. believe that you're polluting it. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. So, all right, let's, uh, let's continue here. Um, what do we got left? What else can we do here to, uh, to help, uh, retrain our thought process or are we there? Are we finished? Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's go through like a couple tactical things. That, that sounds great. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because we, we all have goals. We all have things that we want to do. And I'd like to argue that if, if our target, if what we want violates what we think is normal, then we're going to sabotage that. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so if, if you say, um, so if you, I'll tell you a funny, a fun story. I was talking to a family member actually once, um, and my, my goal I've said very publicly is to own the Cleveland Indians. Yep. And I, I was telling a family member this and, and they looked at me like I had three heads, <laughs> like how in the world, like that's impossible. Why would you do something like that? And I said to them, I was like, look, I actually, I really need you to believe that I can own the Cleveland Indians. Um, like I, I really, I, re- I need that from you. Yeah. I need you to believe so that you can encourage me because it takes 17 yeses to outdo one no of what we, you know, of what's possible. Right. So, uh, that person was like, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Like, I can't believe that. (laughs) Okay. So I I made a list of 17 people and then called those people. And I was like, I need you to remind me that I'm going to own the Cleveland Indians one day. Like, I need you to believe this so you can remind me. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why I put that out there so publicly is because I'm, I normalize what a lot of people think is, is impossible. And if what our targets are, violate what we think is normal or acceptable, then we're going to sabotage, sabotage that. Mm-hmm. So the way that we change that is we just have to change our inputs. We change the things that we're thinking about. We change what we're putting our attention on. And that's why, you know, I, I think it's important to be in masterminds, to go to events and to read books actively by the people who just explode our paradigms. It's listening to the people who are 10 years ahead of you. It's being in the circles of people that make you uncomfortable it's actively growing the, I call it the success network, the people that you constantly hang out with, the, the, the individuals that you're building relationship with because they just think at a different level than you. So by, by changing who you hang out with and what you listen to, you change your beliefs, that changes your results. And I think that the results you get, the scope and the speed and the magnitude of those results will change by you actively cultivating what you put your attention on and what you're putting into your brain. And then on the happiness side, it is, it it is actively changing that perception and that comparison that we're making in order to either celebrate what it is that we have or restrain the pain that we feel when we feel like something has been violated or our normal has been adjusted. So it, it, it's my opinion that, it, that if you do that, if you change those things, you grow much faster, but also there is a, a much more sense of, uh, of, of ease in this process. I mean, Scott, I'm sure you've had students that like the entire process of building a business is just painful and difficult. And for other people, it's automatic. Yeah. It's like, I just naturally took this step and I had this result. And I think I'm open to being wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is just the result of what people perceive as normal and what they believe because 
what they perceive as normal is going to be natural to them. So if they think that uh, a $100,000 a month business is normal, then growing that is going to be much easier and faster than the person who has no reference point for that at all in our brain. The good news, I guess, of it all is that that idea of what's normal is completely phony in our brain. Mm -hmm. We can change it at will. So we might as well just stack the deck to whatever we want to perceive as normal. And we can do that consciously with what we listen to and who we hang out with. Yeah, no, I, I think that was a great, uh, a great way to, to think about it. And I think a great strategy. And, you know, again, I want people to understand too, this isn't something you're just going to wake up tomorrow and be like, okay, everything is going to change. It takes time. It takes, um, like you said, building those habits and, and it could just be something small that, you know, every day you're going to write down those three things, or you're going to listen to one 30 minute, part of an audio book or whatever, right? Um, or podcast, whatever. Um, but a way to start getting in that routine of starting to get a steady diet of the information of what you really want. Um, and, and then starting to, I guess your mind will just start to automatically shift, which I think is, is, is quite kind of amazing. You'll start to see that and feel that. Now, again, I think it's always a work in progress. I think that, and, and again, I mean, Tony Robbins, I always refer back to him when he says this, if, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I believe that. And I think that goes with internally. Like you're always, I think, trying to grow yourself, you know, in, in all aspects of life. Um, and I think this is just a great way to uh, to really kind of go out there and start it. And, and anyone can start at any place. But understand, too, that you're normal <laughs> if you are having these these self-doubts or if you're mm -hmm. having these. I mean, Ryan, I mean, you, you've said it yourself. I mean, uh, it, there, there's just different stages to where you're going to be at. And you'll probably have more as you grow. And that's part of the growing process. But it's recognizing them, I think, is also a big one. If you don't recognize it, how can you understand it? Um, and I think writing down even, uh, like you had said, even just being just open and honest with yourself at some of these voices that are going on in your in, in your head um, and then recognizing them and then dealing with them. But I think it all starts, too, with like removing some of the noise and some of the, the bad news uh, and then injecting some of the, you know, some of the of the better news or the the, the, the people that are where you want to be and why they are there and, and what's their lifestyle like. Um, so I, I love that. I think that's yeah. I think it's great. Hey, I, I, want, I, I want to make a comment on that because I yeah. think it, it's really hard to 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 add in anything if your capacity is already full. I, I think you have to cut things out totally. before you add anything new. Yeah. So I think the best thing that people could do if like they're even unaware of the noise that's in their head is to turn off what is currently building their normal, which mm. is the Facebook posts of a million people, the news, the the beauty magazines, for lack of a better example, yep. but just the things that are constantly being thrown at us to create this idea of normal. Because when we stop having somebody else tell us what that is, that's when we have the room to consciously say, this is what I want. Mm. This is like, this is what I, I want to create something different rather than listen to all the things that are going on in the world. Um, and that's when we could say, okay, based on that, who do I need to listen to? Who do I need to surround myself with? What do I need to normalize? And then it becomes very automatic to identify what are the habits and strategies that are going to get us that result. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, I think we can uh, end on that part of uh, of the strategy session or therapy session. Uh, <laughs> I guess a little bit of both. Uh, I, I love it, though. I mean, it's it, to me, it's it means so much to be able to... Uh, 
to kind of try to understand, uh, you know, this and also to understand that you're not alone in, in thinking this and feeling this. I think it's normal. Right. I think especially as entrepreneurs, I think it's, a, it's you know, people think that, uh, you know, man, it would just be awesome to be in charge of everything of myself. I can go and, you know, go where I want to go. I can, you know, make my own schedule. And it is awesome. But there also takes some headspace there, stuff that you got to kind of clear out and you got to get used yeah. to how to manage your time and all that stuff, which could probably be a whole nother episode is time management. But, um, but yeah, so, okay. So you've created an event and that event is basically everyone that you wanted to kind of learn from in a sense. This is your second one. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Let people know a little bit more if they want to attend and then we can uh, wrap this baby up. Yeah. I mean, I do events for the exact reason that we're talking about because I actively try to stretch my normal and my, I constantly am looking to have my paradigm shattered. And that I think that's how you grow is you're around people that make you uncomfortable and then hear from those who have done it before the thing that you want, they've done it before and they come back and say, here is the strategy that if you implement that, if you do will change everything about the trajectory that you're on. So uh, in, in December every year, I, this is a second annual event. We bring in those who are 10 years ahead of where I think our industry is and we download their best strategies for, for what they're doing. So last year we had Gary Vaynerchuk, Robert Hershevet, Grant Cardone, uh, billionaire founder of Priceline.com. Uh, this year we're doing it with Peter Diamandis. We've got the founder of Whole Foods. Uh, we have the, the founder of Marquee Jet, the founder of Quest Nutrition. Um, and we're putting just those who are 10 years ahead of where most of us think about we put them into a room. I bring in my mentors along with them. And we have three days where we try to extract the best strategies. Um, we have tactical guys like Cameron Harold who have been a part of $300 million companies. We say, okay, you button this up for us. Take all the things we've talked about for the last three days, put it into a how-to format for us. So he goes through the, 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 the one to 100 million process for entrepreneurs. So it's basically a three-day reserved time to just take the best strategies that I think the most productive people in the world, entrepreneurs need in order to create new realities for us to solve bigger problems, for us to go much bigger. And we talk about building big businesses and investing the profits. Um, and it's three days in Austin, Texas. It's called Freedom Fast Lane Live. And all those details are at freedomfastlanelive.com. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to annoy Scott Volker enough to get his butt down to Austin, Texas <laughs> and uh, hang out with me and Peter Diamandis and Gary Vaynerchuk and we'll all have a good time. Yeah, no, I, and I, I know you, you, you did kind of get on me a little, little bit there. And, uh, uh, I was really close to pulling the trigger. You knew that. And I had some other, uh, commitments and stuff, but, uh, you know, who knows, maybe I'll drop in, but, uh, I, I kind of committed to something else already, but no, I'm, I think it's a great idea. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they wonder, how do you get around these people? And like you said, you're kind of creating these people that you want to surround yourself with. And you're kind of saying like, Hey, come on over to, uh, to my little party over here. And, uh, you get to hang out with us for three days and you get to kind of, uh, you know, kind of learn from, from these people. The other thing I want people to understand though, too, and I've been finding this out the more that I attend events, and some are good and some aren't so good, but it's really about networking. It's like you might find those two or three people there that you may hit it right off with and they may become 
um, you know, that, that partner that you can talk to and on a weekly basis or a monthly basis and check in with, and maybe they're a little bit further, maybe they're where you're at. You guys are growing together. It's someone to lean on. So I think networking is a huge part of events, uh, more so than just the content. Um, I know you and I, we, we attended the content commerce, um, and it, it was, it was okay. I mean, the content was good. It gave me some things to think about, but in all honesty, and I mean, I'll say it publicly, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Uh, you know, the networking to me was, that was it for me. Like there wasn't really anything there that I was going to for strategy. I guess there was a couple things I, I, I took away from it as far as like brand building, but you know, it, it was kind of so big that it just felt like it was, it was, I was kind of lost. Um, so that's just me personally. Some people like that big thing. You You know what I mean? Well, I, I should, I should mention, um, since you know, most of the people who listen are obviously e-commerce entrepreneurs, I'm an e-commerce entrepreneur. So the, those who come to our events tend to be e-commerce entrepreneurs, um, or brand builders and the content tends to be around that. So the people that you will be networking with will be in your industry. They will be at your level and some of them far ahead of that. And then the, the individuals who I invite to speak you know, about what being an entrepreneur 10 years from now looks like usually are e-commerce or internet entrepreneurs. So I'm fascinated by people like, uh, like Tom Bilyeu, who is the founder of quest mm. e-commerce company started, you know, they just, they drove traffic to their e-commerce website, but now they're a $500 million a year company in six years. How the heck does that happen? Yeah, like, yeah. How is that different than somebody who's, who's, selling whatever it is on Amazon. Like they followed the exact same processes. Like he came on my podcast and talked about how they launched Quest. It's the exact same way that you and I launch Amazon brands. Mm-hmm. It's actually really fascinating, but he's got a $500 million business and uh, most of us don't. So right. what's he doing differently than me? Right. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of, I kind of poo poo the idea of selling other people's products. Mm. Um, but John Mackey, Whole Foods does that to $13 billion a year. Okay. Well, we're going to learn how that, how, how the heck that happens. And guess what? They make most of their money through, through private label, through the 365 brand. Mm. Well, interesting. Yeah. So these are just the conversations I want to have. And I know that by having those conversations, we'll put the right people in the room so that amazing networking opportunities happen. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, hey, Ryan, I want to thank you so much. And I know that we'll, we'll get together soon somewhere, someplace, and uh, we'll be able to hang out and uh, and get to chat a little bit more. But I just want to thank you for coming on and uh, and, and really talking about this mindset stuff because I think it's huge. And um, for anyone else out there listening, definitely check out Ryan. He's got a podcast as well. You can check that out. I'll put everything in the show notes. We'll have this all transcribed and uh, you guys can even download it if you want to. So um, Ryan, I just want to say thanks once again. This has been awesome. And uh, I do appreciate you and all of uh, the wisdom that you've uh, that you've shared. And I just want to say uh, thanks for doing that, bud. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Scott. Talk to you soon. All right, guys. So there you have it. Like I said, that was awesome right? I mean, a lot of information, you may be a little bit more confused than when you started and that's okay because we have to really get familiar with our own thoughts, our own mindset. Where are we? What is our normal? What is our thinking that's going on in our mind right now that could be preventing us from growing? And you heard me say in, in that conversation with Ryan, I mean, literally was pulling out some of these thoughts that were in my own head and even in his own head that he was going through, whether it's now or whether it's in the past. And it's things that are going to continue to come up. But as we create these 
these strategies to deal with them, but then also to possibly use them to our advantage is something that I think will benefit fit us for, for years. So definitely, definitely uh, check out the show notes, the transcripts to this episode, re-listen to it if you need to, which you probably will want to. Um, this episode is theamazingseller.com forward slash 287, and that's where all of the show notes and the transcripts will be. So definitely go check that out. I love talking about this stuff. You heard us talk about the compound effect and the slight edge. Um, I'll also put the links in the show notes to those as well. I listen to audiobooks quite a bit. I usually download that information into my brain, not just on my phone, but I also download it into my brain. And I'll tell you, the compound effect, that one I've listened to numerous times. I usually try to go back to that like every three months because I think I need like a refresher. So definitely a good idea to do that as well. So guys, that's pretty much going to wrap it up. Hopefully this has opened your eyes. Hopefully this has gotten you excited in a sense to where you're like, you know what? It is possible to do whatever I want to do, but it's up to me to wrestle around with my thoughts in my, in my mindset and just change that over time and surround yourself with like-minded people. So this way here, you can create a new normal. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud. Come on, say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.